Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week full of news that is really depressing per usual because apparently there's a race to drive this nation into the ground. <clears throat> With that being said, I do have some good news for you. And that good news is that you can go buy a fantastic book written by an awful human being called The Royal Green. And it was written by Jack Casey. You can go to theroyalgreen.com and buy 500 copies of each book. There's two out right now, and the third one drops tonight at midnight. Um, <clears throat> if it does not, I will post his personal cell phone number and his personal email in the comments section. Also, if you've still got money after buying a thousand copies of the Royal Green, go to this guy's page. This is Thomas Queter. There's no quit in Queter. Go to TomFor52.com, hit that donate button, sign up for notifications, and help the man out. If you're in the New York area, go up there and hit that little join us button and uh, go help a man out. So, with that being said, we're going to cover something I didn't really want to cover at first. But the more I dive into it, <clears throat> the more I think about it, it will have long-term implications for how we will handle movies in the next uh, few years. So apparently uh, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. And you heard that correctly. She is suing Disney. Over a new movie she just uh, that they just dropped. Um, and that movie was Black Widow. Bring that up there. There we go. And so the reason that she is suing Disney currently, or what she alleges, is that in her contract, um, she was guaranteed that there would be a, a set amount of time in which the movie would be exclusively at the box office or your local theater, whatever you want to call it. And then it would move on to their, the Disney Plus streaming service. Um, and what had happened was this Disney just pretty much just dropped it simultaneously at theaters and Disney Plus. Um, and the, the, the slight bit of difference here that I will preface this with is Disney Plus does require you to pay, I think, like 30 bucks, um, including having a Disney Plus subscription. Um before you can watch the actual movie. But the reason why this has actual implications is because it does actually cut into her profits from the movie. Now, actors aren't paid a, a set salary. They're paid like a percentage. So it's like a commission on how well the movie does. And the vast majority of that is in the box office. Um, and so by Disney dropping it on Disney Plus and giving people the option to uh, buy it on Disney Plus, my understanding from the way that it's kind of uh, worded in her contract is she would actually lose money every time somebody buys it on Disney Plus or, you know, pays that extra early access fee for that movie. Um, and you might be thinking, well, $30 is, you know, that's quite a bit of money. Um, but if you look in comparison, if you take a family of four to the movies, that's the tickets alone, I believe, are quite quite north of uh especially if it's a matinee or whatever the evening time rate is when it's like their prime time. Um it's it's quite a bit north of thirty bucks. Uh, I believe it's like close to 
15 bucks a person, depending on where you live at. So you're looking half the cost. Um, <clears throat> and so, and, and that's not to mention, you know, theaters, you, you watch it one time and you have to pay again. Um, Disney plus you pay that fee and then you can watch it however many times you want to. So it, it does have uh free market implica- <clears throat> free market implications in which, you know, she is losing money and Disney bother by the definition of the contract did breach contract. And the reason I bring this up and the reason I find that it's important is because as media moves away from the traditional box office and moves, especially within the last year uh, during COVID times, you will see uh, we've seen a lot more movies just being straight dropped onto Netflix or Amazon or, you know, just whatever streaming service that uh, they wanted to drop it on. Um, And so this is kind of like the free market, I guess, in a way, trying to battle it out, trying to figure out which, what will be the new course and how these new contracts will be negotiated moving forward. Um, In the, the case of Black Widow or, Miss Johansson, um, she right now is more than likely going to be on the losing end because Disney is notorious for having just the top tier lawyers like just in existence, and and so that that really it is a really interesting uh, story. And moving forward, it will be really interesting to see how this does develop. Um, you know, uh, let's see, you know, $23 billion at the box office. Uh, buh, buh. Yeah, and it, it's just going through the history of what she's done, what Disney has done, Marvel. Uh, Marvel's actually one of the largest franchises, uh, money-wise, out there right now. Um, they, they just, everything they touch just turns to gold. And so it it, it is going to be interesting. Um, pivoting on from that there's another individual who has been inspired by this as well. And it was Emma Stone. Emma Stone's uh, Cruella uh, film, I believe they treated the same way. And she's actually been uh, motivated by this recent uh, lawsuit by Scarlett Johansson to file, to maybe file one of her own. I'm well, I've not, I'm not super versed on it. The Scarlett Johansson one is more relevant um, and it's bigger news. I would say, um, that and she's actually filed the lawsuit. Um, Emma Stone apparently they treated her the same way. My understanding is they didn't even give like the thirty dollar charge; they just dropped it straight to Disney Plus last year or something like that. Um, so this this does have free market implications. Just being that moving forward, we're going to have to figure out: Are we willing to continue paying money to go see movies in theaters? And, you know, supporting actors that way. Or are we going to pivot into like how, how, uh, like back in the early 2000s, how music had to go through their transition? They went from selling CDs and records and everything like that in stores to basically all of it is sold almost exclusively online now. So you can go to an FY, uh, FYE or, yeah, FYE or some other, uh, you know, entertainment store that sells cds but the vast vast majority of americans at least um use a, either a streaming service or they buy music online um through whether whether it's uh, apple music or spotify or uh google uh i think it's google play store google music i think is what they call it um and 
and the the movie industry is kind of going through a similar uh tribulation right now me personally i kind of like going to theaters um it, it's just one of those things you you get out of the house and you go somewhere new and you get to watch a movie on a ginormous screen that you can't possibly afford to have in your own house um but uh but yeah i mean it's it it, it really it, this is one of those pivotal moments where we'll look back maybe in 20 30 years and say man you, you remember when we used to go to movie theaters to watch movies it's crazy man and my kids will look at me like you're old but uh yeah it's um it's just once again it's one of those things where the market will figure stuff out and we'll just have to keep an eye on it just to see how it moves uh see we're moving on to some more serious stuff which is the eviction moratorium and that it and the fact that it's ended and what are americans next steps now um for those of you who don't know the eviction moratorium basically was this piece of legislation that was passed that kept Americans from being evicted from their property or being kicked out of uh, a property from their landlord. And with that ending, um, <clears throat> you, uh, you, uh, mm, I just lost my train of thought. So the eviction moratorium is preventing people from being kicked out. So during COVID, it just was basically helping people like, hey, you can't go to work, so we're going to help you um, keep from getting kicked out of your home. I, my personal opinion was that if you didn't keep people from working, you didn't need to keep people from getting kicked out of their homes. If you allowed people to figure stuff out and let the market do its thing, wouldn't have this problem, but here we are. So now we're looking at possible millions of few, uh, of Americans being kicked out of their homes for the simple fact that the government once again panics and just makes uh split second decisions and that's just that's how it goes so yeah so with mass evictions looming know your rights um i'm not going to go into that part of all this but basically this this article is just going into the the long and skinny of the moratorium and with the more, well, like I said, the moratorium basically was preventing people from being removed from properties if they weren't able to pay um, the rent. Um, so, I mean, it, it uh, I keep looking at the comments, I, it keeps throwing me off. <laughs> oh, Lordy. So tenants who have been behind on the rent for months or more who are already subject to eviction proceedings in court should particularly be concerned because courts that resume eviction proceedings this week may act on those cases first. And there are actually many states currently. Um, I believe Texas is a huge one. I think uh, almost Alaska. Uh, Alabama is another one that is has recently passed or has uh, promoted some legislation um, escalating uh, rent disputes to like the top of the priority list for uh, court hearings. Um, so, so yeah, so basically it'll be just the states are working overtime in some places to promote kicking people out of their homes because the government said, Hey, you can't work and we'll give you a little bit of grace. But the problem is, is that rent doesn't go away. It still is owed. So instead of paying, you know, several hundred dollars for rent, now these people are owing several thousands thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars 
for rent that they can't pay because they couldn't work. Um, and, and I'm not going to pretend like every single person was, you know, just using their money correctly and was saving it up and was, you know, possibly putting it towards rent. You know, there was a lot of stimulus packages out there and just naturally people just make really poor decisions with money. That's why the vast majority of Americans who are living under the poverty line live there is they make poor decisions with money, myself included. I spend a lot of money on dumb stuff I probably shouldn't buy. However, I figure out just enough to keep what we have, thankfully. But it, 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 this is one of those things where it, it's a, it's a Band-Aid on a hole that the government, like the government kicked your door in, right? And there's a giant hole in your front door. They walk up and put a Band-Aid on it and say that it's fixed. That's what the moratorium was. And now we're seeing all of this stuff pour out um, from the the response of that. You know, the, this is something that they've ignored and everybody's talked about, but nobody's ever wanted to figure out, hey, how do we fix this? Um, and so, so major topic right there is, can my landlord kick me out right now? No, they have to go through a court. Um, there's still court proceedings that are required. Just like before the pandemic, they can't just, you know, walk in there and just start throwing your stuff out in the yard. Some will actually try that. And, you know, if you don't know your rights, you won't know anything about that. But, yeah, there are actual and the vast majority of states are laws that require people who are landlords to go through the court system and have. I think it's a 30 day grace period It's like the average for most states. Um, they have to been living there 30 days without having paid rent or being back two or three months at 30 days. It's weird. There's a lot of laws behind it once again, but yeah, so, um, they, there's certain things that they can do. They can, you know, lock you out, stuff like that. Um, it, it really will come down to you as an American, knowing your rights, understanding the law and how to handle these things. Um, so my honest opinion is for a lot of people, if you are in a bad spot right now, look for some charities that are out there looking to help people. A lot of these charities want to help people, but people just don't come to them. They don't know they exist. There's a, there's a lot of people that are willing to help all the time. And it, I can't guarantee that everybody will be able to get the help that they need. But if you need the help, reach out to people. Um, if if you're someone like that, um, reach out to me. Reach out to the show. I'll I'll see what I can do. I can't promise anything, but if if you're in dire need, you know I'm I'm willing to help with what I can. But um, yeah, so the moratorium's coming to an end. There are millions of people about to be homeless once again due to government action or reaction, and then inaction and then poor reaction once again so so one thing before we move on to the next topic um what i'm looking to do starting uh this week coming up and subsequent weeks following if there's a news you know, if there's a piece of news that you're really interested and in, you want me to do a deep dive on it. Um, right now, I'm just kind of like just trying to brush over stuff. I don't want to get too deep into the stuff um, because 
that that could lead down a really <clears throat> really dangerous rabbit hole um but i, I want to try and cover a bunch of stuff but if there's something like hey you know this state passed this piece of legislation can you look into it i'll i'll definitely look into it um i can't promise i'll read through everything but you know there uh there is stuff you know if if there's something you want man just reach out uh message uh message the page or message bootleg on facebook um and i'll i'll talk with you and you know i'll let you know if i'm like hey that's an awesome piece i'll read through it but uh like i said not everything i'll cover um there's a recent incident in dc that i'm not going to cover i don't i don't like giving that kind of stuff uh airtime because there's a lot of people that do those things just for the airtime um if you know what i'm talking about you know what i mean if you don't you can look it up yourself but um yeah so we are going to go on uh, to what i would call probably the biggest news of the week and that is infrastructure week so <clears throat> right now the senate is trying to pass a bipartisan one trillion dollar infrastructure bill and this bill is pretty freaking disgusting because it's so vague in what like so all the reports that you'll find on it is so vague on what it's actually covering that it's hard telling where these funds are actually going and it's probably because the funds are going to places that people they don't want people to know where they're going. So, in the 2,700 page infrastructure bill, this is a very interesting chart that I've seen the New York Times had had. And I think it's, I think it's interesting. And here's why. So, is that originally the original bill was. trillion dollars and after all the budget cuts and or not budget cuts but spending cuts and everything they dropped it down to 550 billion new dollars of spending so that doesn't mean that that's the only spending that there is that's just brand new spending and so the way they've got this broken down once again um i can cover i'm a i'm a dive into the white house fact sheet that they released which fact sheet i think is a kind of kind of a stretch but they're covering you know everything from water infrastructure to roads and bridges um and what's what's fairly interesting is pretty much everything on this list that uh will receive spending ironically enough will benefit corporations far more than it will the vast majority of americans and I'm not saying that Americans don't need roads or they don't need um, power or water, but this spending will have so few uh, attachments to it that this money will just be drummed on companies and they'll just spend it however they feel like whether or not Americans are getting the services they need. For example, $65 billion on broadband. They've had grants uh, for through the, I believe it's the Department of Energy and one other department for years, for years, uh, that was giving power companies grants to uh, run uh, internet to rural areas because they may not have a cable or internet provider out in rural areas, but they still do have electricity. They run electricity pretty much everywhere in the United States. 
Um, broadband, $65 billion. Power infrastructure, $73 billion. Resiliency and water storage, $50 billion. Water infrastructure, $55 billion. I don't understand the difference. I've tried finding it. I can't. And I will be damned if I go and look through 2,700 pages of absolute legal jargon. Because that is what it is. It's basically designed to be an omnibus bill. So you, the American voter and American taxpayer, will not go look at it. Because it's so, so massive that I would guarantee you no single person in Congress who will be voting on this bill or has voted on this bill uh, has read it cover to cover. I would guarantee you the stack of papers is about this big, or maybe bigger. That's about 2,000 pages, 2,720 pages. You're not reading that. I mean, you might. You're you're a better person than me. I am not reading 2,700 pages. I have things to do in my life. Uh, $15 billion for electric vehicles. $1 billion for reconnecting communities. Ports and waterways, railways, roads and bridges, road safety, airports, public transit, cleaning up abandoned wells and mines, and super fund sites. Oh boy. Once again, we are funding super fund sites that we're already dropping tons and tons of cash on. So let's drop another 21 billion on those sites. And so <clears throat> the reason why I find this very interesting, and the reason why I mentioned, um, the the benefit to corporations is that 65 billion that goes to broadband that's not the 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 65 billion is basically going to these companies to build infrastructure when when these isps or internet service providers are you know when you pay for a subscription to them that's supposed to be their job they're supposed to be building infrastructure maintaining the infrastructure and possibly using those funds to build new infrastructure. But in today's United States government, we just fund companies to provide services at the tax with taxpayer dollars that they're already charging customers for. So that's, that's for example, uh, like toll roads, they use taxpayer funds to fund toll roads in which then you get charged more money to use those toll roads. That's what, that $65 billion in broadband spending is going to be used for, you know, water infrastructure, $55 billion. Uh, last time I checked Flint, Michigan still had bad, dirty water. Uh, $55 billion of that. Uh, I would estimate maybe five bucks ends up in Flint. Um, roads and bridges, $110 billion. This bill hasn't passed. They're repaving roads all around where I currently live. We don't need to spend federal dollars on roads. We don't. This the reason you pay sales tax or property tax, you know, state income tax in certain states are supposed to be going towards this stuff. Why are we paying these taxes if it's not going to these things? If we have to say, oh, well, you pay taxes for roads, but the roads aren't being maintained and they say, Oh, well, yeah, we need to increase spending. Where is this money going? The money is going to these contractors who are out pricing the market. Like ever, like, so if you, if you would have a, a mile stretch of road paved in front of your house, like you, you were just going to pay cash out of pocket and you 
called a contractor. They'd give you a prize. Uh, when the city or the county or the state calls, that same contractor will give them a much higher price because they know for a fact that the government will have that money and they will pay it no matter what. That's your money. So it, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, somebody did actually just mention something. Brian Sutton. I'm going to bring him up here real quick. So what he's talking about, uh, there are already rural marketplace uh, internet options. There are, there's an internet satellite or satellite internet uh, option. It's pretty trash. You're looking at very, very minimal speeds. It's not quite dial up, but it's, it's, it's not broadband. Um, it's, it's on the lower end of that. It's closer to, I'd say probably DSL speeds. But yeah, so T-Mobile actually has uh, options that they offer on the free market side for people out in uh, rural areas. Even if you don't have cellular towers where you live, I know people here near me that live on farms out in the holler. They're like that have no cell service. Good news for them. Elon Musk is uh, launching Starlink, which doesn't require cell phone service. All it requires is a, a sky, like a line of the sky, and then power. You plug it in and boom, Wi-Fi anywhere you go. I've actually looked into it. This is not an advertisement for it, by the way. I've actually looked into it for like remote camping for, you know, basically the fact that every time I leave the house, my phone explodes with emails and texts and notifications. Um, and there's a lot of stuff I still have to be connected for. That would actually be a phenomenal way of maybe going like remote camping. Just go to a campsite, plug in somewhere or have like a solar power, plug it in, boom, internet, go. We don't need the $65 billion for broadband. We don't. They will tell you that they do. That same way they will say, hey, uh, we need to increase your taxes to pay for this new jail. Why do we need a new jail? Well, these laws that we're, you know, we're getting ready to pass that you're not going to like, they're, we're going to throw you in the new jail that you've paid for. Pretty much the same concept. Get off me. So we've got another 39 for public transit. $39 billion. I I was under the impression that Greyhound was a was a private company, not public, but you know, there's there's plenty of public transportation that doesn't require the city to function. Uber and Lyft still exist, regardless of how hard some people try to get rid of them. Uh, electric vehicles, ports and waterways. Not a clue what they mean by that. I'm assuming they're talking about um good lord almighty. I'm getting this fly will not leave me alone. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on over to the fact sheet that the White House has released, and it is not any better. So it's a it's a, essentially a breakdown on where all the funds are going, Western Water Storage, Power Infrastructure Grid Authority, which I'm assuming is they're going to try to pump money into Texas and California, their electrical infrastructures, and try to fix... The problems we've seen here recently were just, yeah, I don't want to go into that. It's, it, it, I'll go into it. Why not? California's problem is massive heat waves with a failing infrastructure on electricity. Why is it failing? It's not due to a lack of money. The electricity company makes tons, makes money. The problem is that they're not able to make enough money due to regulations in California that prevent them from making the money they need to invest in this infrastructure. 
Texas, their problem is a slight bit different. We didn't really see rolling blackouts in Texas until after the uh, that massive winter storm that hit this year and knocked out a lot of that infrastructure. And that, my understanding is right now their infrastructure is still struggling due to a lot of that loss. So the the parts of the system that are still they're trying to fix and trying to um, modernize. That's what it's called. Their modernization effort. Um, it's still it's it's causing issues I, I don't know for certain i'm not an electrical engineer i don't uh i'm not big into texas power grids that sounds like a very boring topic if you want me to talk about it i can i can do some research on it but uh yeah so once again roads bridges major projects 109 billion dollars that's interesting. What did that one say? 110. Hmm. Interesting. Safety. Transportation safety, which I will assume means guardrail. Because all of this here, none of this covers what specifically that money is going to. And that is the problem with this infrastructure bill. Getting back to the major point of the discussion. <clears throat> they don't tell us specifically where this money's going. They're writing carte blanche and saying, hey, this money has to go to roads. Okay, which roads? Just roads. Any of them. That's fine. So that rich neighborhood down the road that's had their road paved three times in the last 10 years, it'll probably get a fourth. That road that's in the the, the lower income neighborhood, uh, it hasn't been paved in 30 years, eh, they might fill some potholes in. That's the problem with these infrastructure bills. They're not fixing actual problems. They're just throwing money into the fire and hoping a phoenix pops out, essentially. They're, they're not specific enough on the spending. That's why all this infrastructure stuff has to be handled at the local level. I'm not even talking state level. I'm talking your county commission, your city council, these people that are held directly accountable to the voters in their area, people that are their neighbors that can hold them responsible for the decisions on how this money is spent. I have no idea where any of this money is being spent. Not a clue. I can't tell you that anyone watching this will know. Um, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. We're spending another trillion dollars. Yeah. Oh, so the other half of the uh, infrastructure plan is just basically tax cuts. And, uh, which tax cuts are good. I like tax cuts, but problem is, is we're, we're cutting taxes and still blowing out massive spending. So $550 billion. No good tax cuts. Good. How about we try this? How about we quit spending money on stuff that nobody really wants because these companies are just going to do whatever they want to with the money and, uh, cut taxes almost completely. Let's say maybe a 10% sales tax flat nationwide. And uh, when there's a set budget, local governments have to figure out how to spend that money better. So does the federal government. And they can't just throw $39 billion to their friends in the public transit sector. So, yeah, it's... um. It's uh, it 
spending is just outrageous. It's not getting any better. I don't care what Republican you vote for, what Democrats you vote for. Spending will continue until conditions improve. Now, with the deadline to be completely pulled out of Afghanistan closing in, there is a new crisis in the Middle East. Take a sip. So, as service members are pulling out of Taliban, uh, you know, Afghanistan, the Taliban is pushing in. And that is creating a brand new problem. And that problem has to do with all the people that have assisted the United States over the last 20 years fighting in Afghanistan, which would be interpreters, you know, locals <clears throat> who have provided intel, whatever. If they've assisted the United States military or United States government in any way, <clears throat> they will now be targets of the Taliban and local uh, groups within the country that oppose the United States military and government. Um, and so two major cities, uh, Kandahar and Herat, uh, they're, they're trying to reclaim their own nation. I don't necessarily agree with what the Taliban does. I think they're scum. They do some really awful shit, but I can't say that I blame them for wanting their own nation back because, if it had been reversed and there was foreign boots on our soil, I'd want them out as well. So it does. Uh, yeah. So Miss Trump says uh, the original deadline was back in April. Biden pushed it out. So we're technically violating the deadline. So the, uh, <clears throat> the treaty that uh, Donald Trump had signed with the Taliban said, Hey, we'd be out in April. We'll be gone. There'll be no more troops in Afghanistan. We'll be clear. We are way past that deadline, so we are actually in violation of a treaty that a United States president signed with, uh, I don't want to say a foreign nation, but a foreign entity in another nation. So, once again, we have committed, we have violated a treaty that we have signed, and it didn't even take an entire year. I think the treaty was signed late last year. I want to say it was September, October. I could be wrong. Um. But yeah, we 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 didn't even go an entire year without violating that that uh that treaty, and so as as the Taliban is uh, pushing forward into other cities that they previously held that we currently hold or are retreating and abandoning, um, we're trying or at least we're making this effort to appear to be trying to remove people from the nation of Afghanistan and bring them to the United States with either a green, a uh, green card or some kind of temporary visa to allow them to live within the United States for their own safety, uh, protecting them from the Taliban. Um, and the reason this is important is this is how we would make these, uh, we would make these promises to people like, Hey, if you want to help us get rid of these guys, um, you come work with us, you'll be an interpreter or you'll be an informant or whatever. And we'll help you get to the United States. And what we've seen here recently in the last few months is that uh, 
as things are winding down drastically now, a lot of people have been told, no, you're not coming with us. I know what we, I know we promised you things, but we're just going to lie to you now and we're just going to leave you here. Um, and so as the Taliban pushes in, we're going to start seeing these people being killed due to our inaction as a nation or as a, the government and the military refuses to act and get these people out of this nation. Um, there was at one point uh, a lot of backlash on this and um, the the conditions did improve. I don't know how much. I don't know how many people we've pulled out um, from... There we go. This is our all needed. Um, so yeah, so as, as the violence is wrapping up or ratcheting up um, and we're pulling out, there are, you know, on Friday, more than 200 Afghans who served alongside U.S. troops arrived at Fort Lee, Virginia as part of the evacuation program. Those Afghans were near the end of the vetting process. So what the vetting process will look like is basically, are they taking money from the Russians? Are they taking money from the Taliban? Are they taking money from ISIS? Are they working with someone we don't want to bring here? Um, <laughs> and uh, if pretty much if their records claim the only money they're getting is from us, we're the only people they're working with, they will bring them over, essentially. Um, there have been times where they've denied people for reasons unbeknownst to myself. Um, but it, it really is one of those things that it's hard telling. Um, but we need anybody that we've put in extra danger, we cannot abandon them. We cannot leave these people there to fend for themselves after we've promised them the moon and the stars. Uh, the United Nations has also warned of imminent refugee crisis in Afghanistan and says an estimated 270,000 Afghans have been displaced inside the country since January, primarily due to insecurity and violence. This is not due to the United States pulling out. This is due to the United States going in. When you go into a location and you start destroying stuff to push somebody out, yeah, we started building stuff back. We started trying to build schools and hospitals and stuff like that. But when you aren't able to get rid of your enemy, when you're when when the government's enemy is an insurgency that you cannot get rid of because you can almost never get rid of an insurgency, eventually when it's when you pull out, they will use the same level of violence that you used to come into the country to push you out with. So there's RPG, there's a there's reports of exponential or exponential um, RPG fire mortars. IEDs, all this stuff. They're doing everything they can to hold the United States to the treaty that they signed last year, which stated that we would be out back in April. Some 2,500 Afghans, roughly 700 visa applicants, and members of their immediate families are expected to be relocated in the coming weeks through the visa program. Um, I don't know what the total number of individuals in Afghanistan that have worked alongside the United States. Um, I would say 2,500 is probably pretty close. Um, I can't say that it's all of them, but uh, the fact that we're, we're dragging our feet on getting them out of there is a bad sign. These are typically non-combatants. These are people who um, aren't uh, who aren't 
fighting alongside United States uh, service members. These are people that were assisting. They were providing aid to the United States in some way, shape, or form. And these are people that we do have to get out of there. These, we, we made them promises, and we need to stand up to those promises, if not for the first time in American history. And so the last little piece of news I'm going to cover today is an interesting one because, oh, that's not it. Oh, there we go. I finally found it. Sorry about that. Apparently, the DNC in New York has adopted a new policy, and that is cannibalism. Oh, 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 I need that one. There we go. Joe Biden has called on Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, to resign immediately following... Uh, basically the Department of Justice saying that there are uh, grounds to stand on with the allegations that Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, his his sexual alleg- uh, sexual uh, misconduct allegations are basically a little more than allegations. They're saying that they're probably true and there's some validity to them. Um, for those of you who don't know uh uh, Andrew Cuomo was charged with multiple or was uh, accused of multiple counts of sexual harassment by former aides, um, people who had attended uh, fundraising events for Andrew Cuomo and stuff like this. Um, and so now Joe Biden is saying he should resign. Um, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I agree with the statement, but the fact that he waited several several months to say something um especially it's a the guy is the i would say from reports i've been reading he's probably one of the most hated democrats in new york i would say the only thing that democrats hate more in new york than andrew cuomo is probably donald trump and so that should tell you something so this guy has never been much liked he is just scum and he is he's just the dude is an awful human being. Uh, he's alleged to have her, uh, sexually harassed eleven women. And uh, you know when when Joe Biden was asked whether Cuomo should be removed from office if he refuses to resign, Biden said, "I understand the state legislature legislature may decide to impeach if I do not know that for a fact, or I do not know that for a fact." So uh, a report had come out prior to the show starting, and I couldn't find the article, but there's a report out now that states that the legislature is looking to impeach Andrew Cuomo. I'm just looking to just kind of kickstart things a little bit and have him removed. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you, you sleep in the bed you make. Um, if it hadn't been the uh, sexual assault, it definitely should have been all of the elderly and disabled people he had killed during COVID and tried to cover it up. Um, it's once again, the failures of government and the power of government to cover their own, their own, 
we also have the where is it why well, i know find oh there it is so on the other side of the nation we're seeing a similar situation with gavin kendall newsom So we're coming very close to the end of uh, the remaining time for when the election will be uh, for the recall on Gavin Newsom. <clears throat> and so this is actually the only the only one out of six recall attempts that they've had against Gavin Newsom since he won uh, his election in 2018. Um, the other ones kind of were had a little traction in the beginning and then fizzled out. However, the one that's on the that will be on the ballot, and I believe here in about five weeks, um, garnered over uh, two million signatures. Um, the group, uh, the group that uh, started the the initiative and the petition to have uh, Newsom recalled was called Recall Gavin Newsom. So it's fairly simple. There's no must, no fuss. Kind of figure out where they're going. The group was led by a former Yolo County Sheriff's Office Sergeant, Oren Heetel. And I'm probably saying that wrong because I am absolutely trash with names. But it, the requirement for the recall will be uh, a, a basic majority. So it's, you know, more than 50%. So it's 50.001. That's more than 50. So the recall proceeds. And then... On the ballot, there'll be two options. You'll have a yes or a no. Do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? If you click yes, you proceed to the second question, which will be, who do you want to replace Gavin Newsom? There's multiple candidates. Um, there are 46 current candidates running to be the replacement for Gavin Newsom. So I have no idea how that's going to shake out. I would say here in the next couple of weeks, we'll see... A lot more of those names drop off. I know Caitlyn Jenner was one of them. I know that there had been quite a few uh, big names dropped in the, uh, that had thrown their, their name in the hat. Um, but yeah, it, it's this whole situation where we're seeing, we're, we're finally seeing some things shake out where we're seeing these corrupt politicians who are trying to make a career out of oppressing their citizens and their citizenry and treating themselves as an elite class while the rest of us peasants can go eat cake um, is finally starting to get a little bit of traction. I don't think it'll be much past this year, unfortunately. But the, the simple fact that we can see, you know, two major incidences on two separate coasts finally coming to light and people having their day in court and finally being able to have some kind of recourse against these people, no matter how any of this turns out, the simple fact that we can put politicians on notice and tell them and make sure that they understand that we still have the ability to say, no, just because you're in office doesn't mean you're able to do what you want, whenever you want to. We can get rid of you anytime we feel like it, especially if you're going to, you know, enforce unconstitutional lockdowns, mass mandates, keep us at home. 
rob us of our jobs, rob us of our dignity and our freedom, kill grandma at the nursing home, sexually harass, rape, molest, whatever you want to call it, people. We will get rid of you. And that is the America that we have to start striving for more and more, which is fighting a war with votes and not with bullets. You can always fix a vote. You can't unshoot someone. And with that, I will close the episode for today. I actually almost did about an hour today. So I know I rambled on a lot, but you chose to be here. Um, and I thank you for that. Uh, there will be no therapy session for that. Um, you knew the risk when you showed up. But the same as last week, I want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe. Uh, if you're not following the page, follow the page. If you're not liking the page, like the page. Um, hit the notification bell. Make sure you're getting notifications for when we go live. We have three shows a week now. Uh, it, every show is at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is Freedom Time. Uh, we have this news broadcast every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We have Not A Real Veterans podcast tomorrow night at 7. And then we have the this flagship show, which is Not A Real Libertarian podcast on Thursdays. We have another phenomenal guest this week for Not A Real Libertarian. Not a real veterans podcast has their very first guest this week, and I am excited to see how this goes. Hopefully, uh, Braxton has fixed his internet issues. I know he's been struggling. I know he's been doing everything he can, but it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, he's got all that fixed, and uh, he can have a lot of fun. One more thing. Um. Okay, I am back. Somehow I'm in the studio twice and the internet crashed and it went L to heck. But let's see, make sure everything's going good still. Da, da, da. Sweet. Awesome. We're back again. See if we can finish this out here. Uh, Quickly before we lose it again. So our 811 segment is know what's below before you dig. So 9mm price for the week is 33 cents around. The, 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 there's a slight slope downwards. Hopefully we'll see some halfway decent prices here in the next few weeks. But uh, it's, it's still coming down, uh, you know, back in four. 0406 2021 it was about 54 cents around we're down to about 33 cents around so we're making some good headway the market looks uh looks fruitful 
maybe as long as uh as long as there's no new lockdowns and no panic um we should be all right so as i was saying earlier before uh mark zuckerberg kicked me off the internet because it's his fault always um Go to anchor.fm for Not A Real Libertarian podcast. Leave a call-in moment for this week. Um, ask a question. We, uh, if, you want it, if you want it to be aired on a, on a specific show, put the show in the title. Um, if you just want to just reach out and say, hey, that's fine too. Um, if you are looking to sponsor the show, reach out and uh, message either the show, myself, or Will. Um, and one last thing before we close out the show, I said, I wanted to leave everybody with something, some good information, something to brighten their day with. Um, the weather is always temporary. Winds will come and go. So will rains, but Wu Tang that's forever. Be free and good night.